Hello and welcome to the Zurich Life podcast. My name is Ian Slattery and I'm joined today by Richard Temperley, our Head of Investment Development. Together we will be looking at the investment market performance over the month of August and discussing Zurich's current fund position. The Zurich Life podcast is available to download through the SoundCloud app and also on zurichlife.ie. You can also subscribe through both iOS and Android, which will allow you to download and listen offline. As always, this investment podcast does not constitute an offer and should not be taken as a recommendation from Zurich Life. Advice should always be sought from an appropriately qualified professional. Uh, Well, good morning, Richard. Just looking back over the markets uh, in August, I think two key themes that I'd identify would be um, some geopolitical concerns around North Korea and also further fluctuations in the euro currency level against some of its peers. Uh, What were the main uh, market trends that we saw? Well, good morning, Ian. Uh, yes, we the markets were actually quite quiet during August. They've been strong in local currency terms pretty much all year until August. But as I said, in August, they, they treaded water. I think the economic fundamentals were, were supportive of equities. We had some good economic data throughout the month. But as you said, Ian, events in North Korea stymied uh, those better economic fundamentals. So, Overall, as you know, the markets have been in, in, performing strongly now for eight and a half years. The bull market has been going for that length of time and it has continued into this year with the exception, I say, of, of August when, when things have been quiet. You also mentioned the uh, euro currency. This has been a, a significant factor during the year. The euro has moved from 105 at the beginning of the year, initially up to the top of the range. The, the 30-month trading range, which is at 115, and moved to that point. And then now we've seen the currency break out on the upside and move into a new trading range up to the level of 120, where it is, where it is today. It's going to see some significant resistance at 120 from a tactical po- point of view. And uh, again, if it got higher than 120, it could well move quickly to 128, where again, it will meet some significant resistance. Okay, so that long-term trend, the trend we've seen at least since um, the second quarter of 2017 and the currency movements has continued uh, last month. The returns for world equities were, were slightly negative for the month of August, but I suppose underneath the surface, did we see much dispersion or discrepancies between different geographical areas? Not much, Ian. Uh, markets were pretty much flat in local currency terms across the board. The major exception was Hong Kong, which was up um, nearly 2.5% in August. Um, and that's continuing a trend. Hong Kong has been one of the strongest performing markets so far this year. But overall markets in, in local currency terms uh, pretty flat across the board. Uh, and year to date when we look at markets we can see that the, the, the major performers have been Hong Kong up about 27% in local currency terms, the US up over 10% and Europe up about 6.5%. Okay, so I suppose over over a short-term monthly return, not too much difference in some geographical areas. I suppose um, we've been discussing in the office recently a bit about sector dispersion, and I suppose there's been a key theme as well between the distinction between cyclical and defensive stocks. Was there much dispersion under the surface between different sectors, and what sort of opportunities that might lead for us? Last month, there was no clear distinction between the two main blocks of sectors that we look at, cyclical and defensive stocks. For example, the two best performing stocks in August were technology, which is considered to be cyclical, and utilities, which is considered to be a defensive area. So you know, not a huge distinction uh, between the two main blocks during the month of August. Uh, and the reason why some of the, uh, the defensive or bond proxy kind of stocks performed reasonably well 
was down to the fact that bond yields actually declined slightly in the States during the month, month of August. Then I suppose year to date, what have, we, what have we seen in terms of sector performance? Well, again, huge dispersion between some of the stocks. For example, the technology se sector was, has been up, is up 25% year to date, while, while the wor worst performing sector, energy, is down nearly 17%. And this uh, sector dispersion gives active fund managers like Zurich uh, the opportunity to, to outperform. Um, so this, this dispersion between sectors and dispersion between different countries, which we didn't see last month, but we, we, we have seen so far this year, again, gives an active manager the opportunity to perform well. Um, turning our attention to bonds and the uh, fixed interest area, uh, you, you mentioned previously there that we saw some yields in the US um, fall slightly throughout the month. What sort of movements do we see on our side of the Atlantic in Eurozone's sovereign debt? So a, sim a similar trend, Ian, we saw bond prices rise by about 1.2% in August, um, with the core markets of Germany and the Netherlands out outperforming. And bonds are now flat year-to-date, so they had been in negative territory, like negative territory, they're now uh, flat year-to-date. The reason why bonds have done well, um, reasonably well in August, relates to some inflation data which showed that inflation expectations are, are slightly lower than previously expected. And secondly, the build-up of geopolitical risk uh, during the month, particularly in relation to North Korea, has resulted in people moving some money back into, into bonds rather than equities. Okay, and I suppose you, we mentioned there the geopolitical risks, w which can rear their head, I suppose, on a short-term basis, but I suppose fundamentally in where we see interest rate expectations over the medium term, we would maintain our outlook for fixed income, I suppose. Yes, we, we don't see much value in particularly Eurozone government bonds. We see interest rates, short-term interest rates rising a little bit in the States. We see strong economic growth and we are anticipating that the quantitative easing around the world will eventually be, 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 be tapered and will slow down. For those reasons, we think that government bonds, given that yields are you know, pretty much close to zero, uh, there's not much value and we, we are not um, positive on, on bonds looking forward. We've discussed some of the movements in currencies already, I suppose, in terms of the, the, the main Euro-US dollar rate and turning our focus then to the commodity sector, where of course oil is a, is a, is a big influence here and a key determinant on how the sector does overall. It's been quite a, a bumpy ride for commodity investors for the most part in 2017. What sort of movements did we see across some of the key commodities in August? Well, it's been a bumpy ride overall for the overall commodity index, Ian, but many commodities are performing pretty strongly on a consistent basis so far in 2017. And as we've mentioned before, as a rough rule of thumb, commodity prices do tend to do well when economic growth is strengthening, which has been the case this year. So we've seen strong rises in commodities such as copper and gold this year. But as you said, oil has been a significant negative factor for the overall commodity index. And again, after a rally during July, August saw oil prices fall again. And that's been, been a trend for, for some time. Oil is, has been adversely affected this year by an increase in shale oil production in the States. Uh, some disappointment over the scale of OPEC's production cuts. And as well, the U.S. has moved to exit the Paris Climate Pact. Uh, those factors have had a negative uh, effect on, um, on, on the oil price. 
Okay, so we could say similar to what we see in equities, um, whilst there might be an overall number in an index, there's, there's plenty of movement under the surface, I suppose, the constituents of those indexes can be moving quite a lot. Um, in, in terms of our own activity across our multi-asset funds, what, what sort of movements did we see, if any, uh, across the month of August? Well, I mean, we didn't um, make too many moves uh, during August. August was, I say, it's a quiet month. Normally, uh, during the summer, it's, it's a quiet month for, for assets. Uh, so we didn't um, make too many moves. We've maintained, we have a strong, overweight position in, in equities, mainly in Europe, in Asia, ex-Japan. They're the two major uh, overweight positions, Ireland as well. Underweight in the UK market and neutral in the US. And the main reason for the US neutral was overweight was because of our concern over the rising euro against the dollar. Uh, so we, we like equities, we maintain our position in equities. Equities are, we believe, benefiting from the fact they are better value than bonds and cash. We've got stronger economic growth we've got good corporate earnings, we've got low interest rates, and we've got low inflation. And all those factors would, would uh, give us uh, some confidence about the outlook for equities. Uh, we maintained our underweight bond position. Um, for the reasons I mentioned just a little bit earlier on, we don't see any value, in, particularly in Eurozone government bonds. And we have a good position in some of the alternative assets that we invest in, like in gold and copper. Well, just, just finally then, sector-wise and within our uh, equity positions, how are we currently positioned? Well, the two main overweight positions across the books would be in industrial stocks and in consumer discretionary stocks. We've got an underweight position in energy and utilities. The very strongly performing sector this year has been technology. We've had an overweight position in technology uh, until relatively recently. We've moved that back to a a more neutral position and taking profits uh, in a number of technology stocks. Perfect, thank you very much for that Richard. That brings us to the end of our monthly investment update. Thanks again Richard for that in-depth analysis and thank you also our listeners for your time. For more information on our fund range and to catch up all our latest investment news, please visit ZurichLife.ie. Past performance is not a reliable guide to future performance. Benefits may be affected by changes in currency exchange rates. The value of your investment may go down as well as up. If you invest in these funds, you may lose some or all of the money you invest. Zurich Life Assurance PLC is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland.